Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have set all or put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our memory verse for today is from John chapter 3. Say it together. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, verse 5. And our catechism for this week. What is baptism? Baptism is not just plain water, but it is the water included in God's command and combined with God's word, which is that word of God. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What benefits does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. Which are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. A reading from Isaiah chapter 6. We heard this on Sunday too. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, 
Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, and do, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant. The houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away, and forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it, and will return and be for consuming, as a terebinth tree or as an oak, whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be its stump. And our reading for Catechesis, continuation from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Most assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one little or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. There is the reading. All right. So, some questions. Who, uh, to whom was uh, Jesus speaking? If you were with us yesterday, you probably remember. He's on the mountain. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but uh, who approaches him? It's the twelve, right? It's the twelve disciples. So, what is salt used for? Jesus talks about it here. Well, you know what you use salt for. You use it to, uh, to flavor food, right? Uh, but it's more than that. Uh, in the ancient world especially, uh, and maybe some of you are into curing. Yeah, that's right. You use salt uh, to preserve as well, right? And uh, think about um, the story from... Um, Second Kings with Elisha. All right. Now, uh, this is Second Kings chapter 2. Now the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. He said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. For now, on neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water was healed that to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. He went up uh, from there to Bethel. And while he was going away, some small boys came out of the city. 
and jeered him, <laughs> saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. I love these kids. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. <laughs> and two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. From there he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Just a little side note. I thought you should read the part about the she-bears destroying those boys, calling the prophet a bald head. <laughs> um, yes, salt. Um, Elisha uses that salt um, to purify, you know, in the same way that we would use to preserve so that the people could live. Um, on a negative side, a land that is salted would be salted by enemies. And you hear this often throughout the Old Testament. Um, enemies would come and salt, put salt on the land or lime um, that would prevent it then from being used um, for planting, for cultivation. Right? So it can also um, have that negative use. All right? So if it's no longer salty, what good is it? It's not good for anything, right? How about light? What does light do? Uh, usually we have you know, probably two things that we think of with light. Um, it reveals that which is hidden, right? It gives, gives direction. It shows us uh, where we are or, or allows us to see, right? Um, the light of your eyes is, is to say that you can, you can see. When the light goes out of your eyes, you can no longer see, right? Um, but also, uh, then it's, so it's necessary for life, right? And sometimes uh, people say light is used for heat, but that's a different property, right? So what is light for? Again, to show what is hidden, Jesus says. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor is a light under a basket useful, right? Um, what about a city on a hill? What is a city on a hill? Well, when Jesus speaks here, he has a particular city in mind, I think. That's right, Jerusalem, uh, which was a, a city with a hill. We call it um, the Temple Mount now, because that's where the temple was on that hill, right? And um, But the city, of course, for us, the New Jerusalem, um, is the church, where the word is proclaimed from the mountaintop, from the city, right, from the hill. And so then, uh, what is the lamp in verse 15 here? What is a lamp? Well, of course, something that gives light. Um, the lamp that Jesus is talking about, though, as you see here in verse 16, is the lamp that is the word of God that is proclaimed to bring light to the world. Um, think of uh, later on in Matthew 25, where Jesus uh, gives the parable of the ten virgins, right? Who have their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them foolish, five are wise. The foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. And then when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was the cry, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. All the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, since there will not be enough for both us and you, go to the dealers and buy for yourselves. Of course, then the doors are locked, and the foolish are unable to come in. Why are they foolish? Because you know what the lamp is. Um, think of Psalm 119 in particular, that long psalm. Uh, you probably know this verse, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right? Your word is the lamp. The word is the lamp. Right. So um, keep the word near and you're, you will have both lamp and oil uh, to keep it lit. What about the lampstands? He talks about in verse 15, he talks about um, putting a lamp on a lamp stand. Where were those lampstands in the Old Testament? Very particular mention 
in Exodus 40, which is the setting up of the tabernacle, right? Uh, Moses says, you shall bring in the table and arrange it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps, right? So stand and then um, hanging lamps that would go upon it, perhaps, or sitting upon it, right? Um, so, uh, and then later, when they establish the temple, the lampstand goes into the temple as well. Now, a question here about um, this statement in verse 16, about good works and glorifying your Father in heaven. Uh, what are the good works or deeds that cause people to praise the Father? Think about the whole context here, thinking about the lamp and the lamp being the word of God, thinking about the city being the church, think, of, think about the salt. Um, being that which purifies and brings life, or preserves for the sake of life. Yeah, this is all about the proclamation of God's word, right? which is right where he goes in verse 17. So um, rather than just pull verse 16 out and say, well, this is referring to some kind of um, you know, pious acts or uh, noble or virtuous acts that are done before the neighbor, um, this is referring particularly, in this whole context, is talking about the word of God. So it's a proclamation of the word of God. That is the good work that the Lord has called us to, to bring light uh, to Christ's good deeds and brings the light of Christ's good deeds to us and preserves all men from the curse of death. All right, moving along, verse 17, does Jesus destroy the law and the prophets? I would say the commandments. No, he doesn't. He said, I did not come to destroy them, but very particularly to fulfill them. The law is holy and good, even though uh, it only accuses us and, and we cannot keep it. It doesn't mean that it isn't God's word or it's no longer um, true or valid for us, but it has a very particular use. Uh, it does teach us. That's called the pedagogical use. It does guide us. Um, maybe that's the pedagogical use. Yeah, guide, teach, that's the same. Um, it does have a, um, a use for justice, right, for civil law, but... Uh, for us, it's the accusatory use um, that we primarily experience, right? Or it shows us our sin. How does Jesus then, as he say, fulfill the law and the prophets? That's right, he keeps the commandments. Think about how we talked about the Beatitudes yesterday, the Blesseds, and how Jesus himself is the fulfillment of all of those. He is the peacemaker. He is the merciful one, right? He is the poor in spirit. And here, um, he is the, the meek as well. Um, here, he's the one who keeps the Lord's word, right? Because he is the word of God. And also, um, he fulfills the prophets, meaning he does all that the prophets foretold. That one's probably a little bit more obvious, right? In verse 18, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. What, what do you think he's saying here? Not a jot or a tittle. Uh, those are two like little marks that you make when you're writing in Greek. Um, this would be like, hmm, like the top of the T, right? Or a jot being like the um, the dot above an I or a J, right? All of that has to be every aspect of God's law um, must remain until the kingdom of heaven. That is until the last day, until the end of time. The law must remain. Why? Again, um, to bring all under the accusation of sin, to condemn the sin of the whole world. Because without the, um, without the law, um, why would you need Jesus <laughs> for, to save you, right? Um, without the law, you would not know your sin and your need of, a, of salvation. 
who is it, verse 19, who breaks one of the least of these commandments? Whoever is that? That's actually everybody. <laughs> all right. Um, all are sinful, right? Uh, think of uh, Romans. You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is righteous. No, not one. Quoting the psalmist. All right. What's the uh, importance, though, of, of this phrase here in 19? Breaks one of the least of these commandments. That applies to everybody. But then here particularly, teaches men so. Right? Yeah. Jesus is here particularly not condemning all men. All men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But particularly those who teach you to sin. Right? who forsake the word of God, who set aside the commandments of God, who say that the, the law no longer applies um, to you because now you are a Christian, right? Uh, he's actually condemning those who do not preach the law in its, uh, well, as Paul would say, lawfully, right? In its fullness, right? To condemn sin, to accuse, and to condemn. So, um, C.F.W. Walther and his lectures on law and gospel and uh, which he taught at the Fort Wayne Seminary and collected for us in the, in, in the book, Law and Gospel. Uh, he de- what he would call this is preaching the law in its full sternness or harshness. Right? And without that, the gospel lacks its full sweetness. I think he's actually meditating here, particularly about that, that uh, expression about salt losing its saltiness, right? The law losing its lawfulness, if you like, if it's not preached in its full uh, weight. So. That would be least in the kingdom of heaven. Um, But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Who is it that does the law and teaches it? That's not me. I'm not perfect at this either. Yeah, we're talking about Jesus here, right? Jesus is the one who does and teaches the commandments. What is the um, righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? He talks about that in verse 20. Yeah, it's, it's actually not true righteousness or righteousness according to God's word. It's the um, false righteousness of, maybe again that canard from verse 16 about good works, of looking to outward works rather than um, repentance. The righteousness that the law demands um, is the righteousness of Christ. His righteousness surpasses any kind of earthly righteousness. You know, even the most noble or virtuous acts is exceeded by Jesus. And only by his righteousness uh-huh, may you enter into the kingdom of heaven. All right. So this is Jesus bringing um, all things under uh, in captivity to sin in order that all would be forgiven freely by him and him alone. All right. Meditation on this text. It is God who has salted us with his word in holy baptism that we might be preserved and made flavorful in the world. Unless salt, the salt of his word is continually applied, we lose our flavor and are no longer preserved, but are trampled under judgment. Jesus further emphasizes this point by referring to the lamp, which is associated with the word and the presence of God among his people. You have been made light of the world when you were joined to Christ, the light of the world in holy baptism. Such faith is kept alive and burning in the house of the church as you gather in the divine service. The good deeds which the light reveals are not yours, but rather those of Christ who practices and teaches the law that he might fulfill it for your sake. 
By his good deeds, your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Righteousness given to you as a gift. All right, so lovely um, teaching on baptism. <laughs> Maybe not obviously so at first, but now you see. And uh, thus we'll sing about baptism with uh, St. Patrick's breastplate. I bind unto thee, or unto myself today. I bind unto myself today the strong name of our Trinity by invocation of the same, the three and one and one in three. I bind this day to me forever by part of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in the Jordan River, his cross of death for my salvation, his birth sting from the spice to his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself today the part of God to hold and lead his eye to watch his to stay his ear to hearken to my need the wisdom of my God to you his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly horse to be my God. Against the demon snares of sin, the voice that gives temptation force on natural that lore within the heart so falls that mar my course or few or many far or nigh in every place and in all hearts against their fears are still the tea I bind 
to me those holy powers. I bind unto myself a name, the strong name of the Trinity. By invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three, of whom all nature has creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Lord, praise to the Lord of my salvation, salvation is of Christ the Lord. We confess together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray the collect for this week. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity and the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, the maker of heavens and earth, the earth is your footstool and our home. By your word, your order, you order and fill all things in a wondrous array of life. You have established humanity, made in your image to be priests and stewards of your temple in the cosmos. By your breath, renew the face of the earth. Grant that we may use our place of dominion for good, creatively lifting up your creation as a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise to you, our Maker. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Gracious God, our Father in heaven, we are grieved by the various trials of our present time, yet we know that these are your fires and salt that prove the genuineness of faith and burn away the dross of idolatry. Refine us by the fire of your baptismal spirit. Burn away our misdirected fears, loves, and trusts, our false faith in the power and wisdom of man. Reveal in us the precious, pure gold of faith in Jesus' saving death and life as we await our yet unseen inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, held in trust for all who trust in him, through, even through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray today for marriage and family, for husbands and wives, for parents and children, to live in ordered harmony according to the word of God, for parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods. We also pray for those who transition to new adventures of life, who recently graduated, 
For all our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all who work in nursing homes and hospitals on the front line of the pandemic, for an end to anxious thoughts and constant worry that God would provide peace and joy in all circumstances, we pray for those who are working to bring justice to this world, um, not only those who rightfully um, protest, who gather and assemble, but also those who make and administer our laws and our rulers who also um, who judge. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray for today in Thanksgiving uh, for Doug and Nicole, who celebrate their anniversary. We pray for those who are ill and have requested our prayers, Marcella, Jan, David, Carol, Brad, Janet, Barb, and Carol, Chris, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, and Aaron. We pray for those who are grieving, that they would be blessed, especially the Rush family. Pray for those who are isolated at home, Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev, and for our missionaries, the Federitzes. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So glad to have you with us here today for our congregation at prayer. You can join us each day um, at whatever time it is, 8 o'clock central, uh, and pray with us. Otherwise, of course, you can watch it on delay, which you may have done now. Um, a note, again, as I mentioned yesterday, we do have a Bible study this evening at 7.30. Again, that will be um, on the same channels that we've been using. That's a change. Uh, we were using Zoom because it provided um, a little bit more interactivity, uh, but that's also maybe a barrier to you uh, if you have difficulty installing the app or um, are uncomfortable being on camera, that kind of thing. So we're going to do it this way. Um, so you can join us here on Facebook. You'll get a notification when we're live if you've signed up for those on our on our page. Um, so be sure to do that. Uh, or on YouTube, if you're watching there, you can also sign up, uh, subscribe, and then click the bell, and you'll get notification when we go live, and you can join us. Otherwise, you can watch it uh, later on. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.